0: Good morning and welcome to the end of a delightful month in which we have all been encouraged to become vegan for the month of January. For those of you who have missed the now annual Veganuary marketing, this is a month in the year where, especially in the UK, we are all encouraged to eat vegan for a month in an attempt to encourage us to change our dietary habits. For the record, I am a vegan. Or at least this is a useful badge that used to, or should by all accounts, adequately describe my dietary and philosophical approach to life. Indeed, until recently, relatively recently, it was an adequate description, and everyone knew that vegans vegans were weird sorts that only ate plants in order to save animals. Bizarrely, we were quite happy with that label, as it didn't really matter that much to us what people thought of us. More recently, though, the world has been encouraged to eat less meat in an attempt to save the planet. The reason for this is that we don't have enough arable land in the world to feed the global population. And one of the reasons for this is that we have to grow so much feed for animals that we farm that is actually competing with the land we need as humans to grow crops for ourselves. As an aside from this, there is also the fact that livestock produce a lot of methane, which has up to 80 times the climatic warming power when compared to CO2 as an emission. And there is then the matter of the water footprint that the livestock industry occupies per kilogram of meat produced as compared to arable farming in a world increasingly short of water. Finally, there is the animal welfare claim that intensive farming methods used in some parts of the world lead to pollution, animal harm, the overuse of antibiotics and provides a great environment for the generation of potentially lethal bugs and viruses that can harm humans. All in all, there is quite a persuasive argument for people to eat less meat and this is what Veganuary is all about and I wholeheartedly support people eating less meat not only for the reasons I mentioned just now but also for health reasons too. Now, before you get all hot under the collar, I'm not saying that eating meat is inherently unhealthy. I'm saying that the amount of meat we tend to eat in the industrialised world is unhealthy. And to be more precise, I'm drawing special attention to the processed meat industry, which the European Union has classified as in the most part carcinogenic. In simple terms, eating preserved meats or highly processed meats is cancer causing, and eating large amounts of animal protein in general is a certain route, almost certain route to cardiovascular disease on account of the saturated fat content within them. Animal protein is also highly inflammatory to us as humans. The largest health study ever undertaken in the world on health, called the China Study, has shown conclusively and with follow-up research, that those countries that eat little meat as a percentage of their diet and in the majority eat whole foods rather than refined foods have almost none of the modern-day diseases that we see in the West, such as heart disease, cancer, autoimmune, obesity, diabetes and a plethora of others. So there we have it. Veganism saves the planet and it saves us. So really, if you care about yourself or the planet, or maybe even both, you should be trying very hard to give up all things animal-related. But this is where the problems start. Firstly, it's really hard to become a vegan, because none of us have been taught how to cook vegan food. This alone is a major problem, as it requires us to relearn some basic skills in the kitchen. Okay, you might say, I can do that, I just go online and bish bash bosh, I get a recipe and I'm away. Well, it's not quite that easy. What most people don't realise is that there is a large amount of dairy in most of the products you think are vegan. In many parts of the world we think bread must be vegan, but it contains dairy protein. You'd think that a vegetable stock cube had no dairy, but many do. We think that a pack of pre-fried rice has no dairy, but it often does. Honestly, when you get down to it, egg protein, dairy protein, butter fat, shortening, you name it, there is, in fact, a hidden animal product in an amazing array of processed foods. You might say, well, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? We are, after all, just trying to cut down on animal products. But wait a minute, if 60% of the products on the shelf contain dairy, and you use them, you are in effect supporting the existing industry and its ecological footprint. So you're not really making any difference. So yes, it does make a difference if we cut these products out too. This is why learning to cook becomes a major hurdle for people because the food industry uses so many animal products in everyday items that we use to cook. So when we start to make the change to veganism, we find that we're short of a lot of the everyday ingredients that we're used to cooking with. And this is why this is the first major hurdle we need to overcome on our way to eating less animal products. Secondly, it tastes weird and it doesn't fill you up. This is also true. Meat has an incredibly strong flavour compared to vegetables. And when you first make the transition, two things happen. First, Your food tastes very different to what you're used to. And secondly, you've only cooked the normal amount that you would eat if you were eating normally. And thirdly, there's likely not to be a great deal of fat in the food. So you end up eating something that tastes odd, there isn't enough of it, and you're hungry 10 minutes after you've finished. I can quite understand why people don't last very long as a starting vegan. The answer is as follows. It takes about six weeks of eating vegan for your taste buds to start to change and for you to start enjoying the new flavour profiles of the food you're eating. Secondly, when you first move over to a vegan menu, you have to eat loads, probably four times the volume you normally eat at a sitting. This is the only way you're going to feel full and not hungry ten minutes later. The good news is that you can eat four times more because the calorie density of the food you're eating is less than half what you've been eating, so you won't get fat. I need to clarify a point here, and it'll bring us on to the next subject shortly. The type of food I'm talking about here as vegan is plant-based and whole food. That means unprocessed fruit and vegetables. So no burgers and chips or vegan nuggets, for example just shopping from the fruit and vegetable aisle of a supermarket. A lot of people think vegans are weird, and vegans get a lot of stick from those around them with comments like, where do you get your protein then? And how do you stay healthy with such a limited diet? I like to think of it another way. If you imagine the standard food pyramid that we've been taught as the correct way of eating food categories in varying quantities, You know, the one that has the dairy, the meat and the processed meats at the top of the pyramid in the smallest quantities. Well, veganism just cuts out the smallest part of the pyramid. The problem we all have is that we eat more of the top of the pyramid than we should. Here's a test for you. And this is one that I did on myself when I started my journey to veganism years ago. At the time, the advice that I had been brought up with had been that we should all eat five portions of fruit and vegetables a day. When I was just moving across to veganism, the advice changed to 12 portions. At the time, I was between diets, you could say, and I was intrigued as to what this new advice meant in practice. So I decided that for a week, I would lay out 12 portions of fruit and vegetable a day, as per the instructions, and eat that for a week to see what it meant in reality. Well, let me tell you, For someone transitioning from a typical Western diet of meat and dairy and potatoes, I honestly didn't think I could eat 12 portions a day. My brain simply said there isn't room for my meat amongst all of this. And this is where the revelation came to me. If you are to eat healthily, there really isn't room for animal products in your diet in any great quantity at all. At the time of this realisation, I was, to say the least, rather unhealthy. I'd been trying to be a vegetarian for six months in an attempt to reduce my cholesterol from a classification of unmeasurable in the sense that it floated on the top of my blood samples rather than needing advanced technology to find it in my blood to a normal measurable level. And I was having no luck in changing this key health metric. So... With the realisation that 12 portions of fruit and vegetables meant I had to cut out everything else, it suddenly dawned on me that if I did this, I would effectively become a vegan by default. So, I tried just eating plants and vegetables for a week. Now, it just so happened that at the end of the week, I needed to have another blood test. I'd already resigned myself to the inevitable result, as... Six months of blood tests had not produced any changes in the results so far. To my surprise and the total surprise of my doctor, my results at the end of that week were completely normal. One week of being wholly and purely vegan had completely reversed my blood cholesterol, something that vegetarianism had not done or anything else I had tried. In fact, my doctor had to test it again, as he thought there must have been a mix-up in the laboratory. But even the second test came back with completely normal levels. Six days is all it took. To test this, my doctor even ran the same experiment on himself and got the same sort of result, and he'd been a vegetarian for a few years, and he just simply couldn't believe the difference. So why am I focusing on the health benefits of veganism? Well, There are two reasons. Firstly, is that veganism has been hijacked by the food industry. Veganism is now the new organic. It is a virtuous marketing tool for all foods labeled under its banner. But this is where the sleight of hand comes in. It's the alternative meat industry who have skewed the message. Companies that produce the Impossible Burger or the Beyond Burger they produced a very nice tasting alternative to meat and one that uses a fraction of the water to produce compared with traditional livestock. All of which will make a substantial difference to the amount of livestock we rear on the planet as this sector grows going forward. But they're selling virtue over health to us as consumers because these products are not healthy. They lack the same nutrition that real meat has and they're highly processed results of food chemistry. They're about as far from real food as it's possible to get, and this is why I'm focusing on health benefits of veganism, or more precisely, plant-based whole foods, something I learned from a great documentary called Forks Over Knives, and I will always be indebted to Dr Colin Campbell, both for this film as well as the China study which he conducted. Some of you might be thinking that Eating alternative processed proteins is a good thing for the environment and should be encouraged. My point is really a simple one. Why bother creating an unhealthy alternative to an unhealthy product in the first place when you can eat healthily instead? The point is this. Veganism is more than just a diet. It's founded in a principle called Ahimsa from the Jain religion. And it is the principle of doing no harm that is behind it. On the face of it, we are familiar with this idea as we come across it in the medical profession in the phrase, first do no harm. But to Janes, this is a pretty fundamental philosophy and they try as best they can to live their lives according to it. To the extent that the more pious amongst them even sweep the path clear before them as they walk in order not to crush any insects in front of them and to... They also wear masks, face masks, in case they might inadvertently swallow an insect. The principle behind this is all found in karma. The Jains believe that karma is created by invisible particles of positive or negative energy in the universe. And when you do harm, negative energy attaches itself to you. And the more karmons, these negative energy particles, that you accumulate, the more suffering you incur to the point that if you're overwhelmed with negative karmans, you'll be reincarnated as a lower life form in the next life. When you think about the current food industry and alternative protein within this context, it's hard to see how creating meat alternatives meets the criteria of doing no harm. We already know that intensive monoculture is a disaster for soil health and the wider environment in terms of pesticide use and fertilizer use. We also know that, for the most part, the high-yielding modern strains of wheat and other crops are nutritionally much poorer than the native strains. We're even finding they don't necessarily yield higher under modern farming techniques either. So here we are transitioning away from animal protein to plant-based protein, which will mean an increase in demand for intensive monoculture for a few key arable crops, all in the name of doing less harm to the environment. In my view, we're just swapping one sort of harm for another and may even be creating more harm if we encourage people to eat more of these highly processed foods. There's really only one way out of this and that is to become what I now refer to myself as a herbivore. Unfortunately, due to the mass advertising and mislabelling of new vegan foodstuffs in the marketplace, I've had to ditch the vegan label and go for something more descriptive. Just last week, there was a news story where many people were getting upset because PETA, people for the ethical treatment of animals, had called out Kentucky Fried Chicken for saying that their new vegan chicken nuggets would be fried in the same oil as the chicken was fried in. This is a puerile level that the food industry is operating at at the moment. To anyone who's eating vegan and Even eating vegan junk food, the taste of animal fat and protein is quite overwhelming and disgusting when you haven't been eating it. So just on that basis alone, one wouldn't want to share a fryer with a chicken. If you then realise that many vegans are transitioning away from an omnivorous diet because they're starting to understand the cruelty of intensive farming methods, why would they even want to even set foot in a KFC at all? Put it another way. Another way of looking at this, it's a bit like asking someone whether they'd like their steak cooked in the pan that's just fried the fish. Just on purely cross-contamination issues alone, you wouldn't do it. I mean, you certainly wouldn't want your steak tasting of fish. And likewise, a vegan doesn't want their vegan chicken nuggets, which is an odd concept anyway, tasting of chicken. Makes you wonder why we want vegan chicken nuggets in the first place. The only conclusion I can come to is that labelling of plant-based protein of alt-meat as vegan has nothing to do with vegans at all, but everything to do with removing livestock farming and persuading the omnivores that they can continue with their omnivorous diet and just substitute meat for alt-meat. This means that the meat industry manages to overcome a couple of problems that they have at the moment. The first one being an inability to eliminate the bacteria E. coli from the supply chain and the lack of profitability they currently suffer from. Alt Meat fixes these two things as well as helps to deliver the UN agenda on sustainability. It's a win-win for the food industry and the planet, but it has little to do with veganism, health or the principles of Ahimsa. So you see now why I have a problem with the current vegan bandwagon that's rolling out all over the world. Many of us celebrated a few years ago the move by the alt-meat industry when we thought that we might actually start to find places to eat when we went out. But all that's happened is that there's been an explosion of vegan fast food in the marketplace. So if I can leave you with one simple piece of advice for your own health and that of the planet, it is this. Veganism is a very simple idea from a dietary point of view. You can eat fruit, vegetables, staples, pulses, nuts and seeds. That's more or less it. Believe me when I tell you, there are some superb vegan cooks out there with amazing recipes for you on the web. And if you take the time to relearn how to cook, you will never consider going back to an omnivorous diet. If you do just this alone, you'll be actively helping to reduce carbon and methane emissions in the world helping to end intensive farming methods and the cruelty to animals that that entails. You'll be saving our most precious resource, water, and helping the soils to recover, preventing rainforests from being cut down, helping to feed your fellow human beings, and lastly, and no less importantly, saving you from over 80% of all modern diseases that we currently suffer from in the world today. Now that's... Quite a lot of socially powered climate activism in just one plate of veg, isn't it, when you think about it like that. In fact, it's an enormous contribution that each and every one of us can make on behalf of the planet and each other. I'm going to leave you with something that I read the other day, which I think is worth holding on to. The single biggest thing I learned from an indigenous elder of Cherokee descent, Stan Rushworth, who reminded me of the difference between a Western settler mindset of I have rights and an indigenous mindset of I have obligations. Instead of thinking I am born with rights, I choose to think that I am born with obligations to serve past, present and future generations and the planet herself. As usual, it's been a pleasure and an honor to talk to you today. I would ask that if you found this podcast interesting or you think it might be interesting to someone you know, please share it and pass it on. And um, I look forward very much to talking to you soon.